Welcome to Reading to Kids podcast. I'm your host, Jenna. And I'm your host, Peyton. And we're here to read to you or with you. We know that sometimes moms and dads don't always have the time or the motivation to read to their kids each night, and we know how important it is. So, on those nights that you're not in the mood, we're going to do it for you. Can't wait to read with you. Good job, Peyton. High five. Okay, what chapter are we on? Uh, two ones. Oh, two ones, yep. Oh my god, look at chapter 11 on 111. Oh, that's mm-hmm. funny. Chapter 11, The Magician's Notebook. Ooh, what do you think's in there? Okay. For most people, Monday mornings are a source of dread, although Cass was unconventional in many ways, including her attitude towards most days in many ways. Wait, what do you mean? All the pages are blank with only, like, only the first page. I know, but they're going to see if it's, like, maybe black light or if there's, like, Um, yeah, they don't know. Like, maybe it's, like, invisible ink. Um, Including her attitude towards most days of the week, she too often felt a sense of doom on Monday mornings when she faced the prospect of the long week ahead. But But on this Monday morning, on the school bus, Cass could hardly think about school. She was too excited. That afternoon, the investigation would resume, slipping down low into her seat, out of view of the other students pass- other student passengers, she pulled the magician's notebook out of her backpack and examined it in her hands. The notebook was larger than the common school variety, and it was flatter. It had no rings and was more like a binder than what you would usually think of as a notebook. The leather cover was brown, shiny, and embossed. Cass noticed now, with the familiar Art Nuevo sign, the same swirling vines that decorated the symphony of smells. But Cass was certain that the notebook was not nearly as old. The magician must have made it to match. But maybe when her investigation was over, she could ask her grandfathers about it. She flipped through the pages of the notebook. She accidentally discovered something about them all. The pages were double pages, folded over onto themselves. A little find after a little finding, she released the pages from their binding as they op- and they opened up like an accordion. She stared in amazement. Unwittingly, she had figured out what underneath meant. The answer wasn't buried in the ground. It had been buried right in front of them after all. The magician's story had written in reverse on the sides of the notebooks, underneath them. The rest of the bus ride was a pure torture. All she could think about was what was written on the underside of the note pages. She wanted nothing more than to read to start reading but she knew that it wouldn't be fair (sighs) to max Ernest, as annoying as he was she reminded herself they were collaborators and she had to wait hoping to catch max Ernest before he went to class Cass started looking for him as soon as she got home from school unfortunately she couldn't walk very fast Something was standing in the middle of the hallway, impending traffic. When she got closer, she saw that something was Benjamin Blake. Obvious to the crowd of students around him, Benjamin started the painting on the wall. As though he couldn't believe that they were real. 
the funny thing was the paintings were all his as a plaque next to them declaring him winner of the young leonardo's contest as they were congratulatory letters from the mayor and the governor as well or as was well you get the idea as Cass tried to pass him, Benjamin muddled unintelligently. Unintelligibly, it sounded like he said, I smell a hint. Dip your ice cream. I don't have any ice cream. Does it look like I do? Responded Cass, who hates mumbling even when she wasn't in a hurry. By the way, in case you haven't noticed, you're in everybody's way. Besides, you probably shouldn't stand in front of your painting like that. It looks kind of conceited. Benjamin reddened and rushed off into the into the direction into the direction Cass had come from Cass continued down the hall knowing that she had been a little insensitive it wasn't Benjamin's fault he was the way he was but she didn't have time to worry about his feelings she had to find Max Ernest she hadn't made much further down her path until it was blocked by Miss Johnson who was talking to some other grown-ups and showing them around the school Cass was about to push past them when she stopped on her heart stopped her heart cold her heart beating a mile a minute it was them she was positive she recognized their hair and the gloves on their hands at her school Cass hung back a few feet shielding her face from her backpack in case Dr. L and Miss Mavius turn around well I guess that's all the questions we have said Miss Mavius Mavius was saying in her terrible tinkle we're glad to see you have such talented students and staff. Thank you so much for your time, added Dr. L in his recognizably unrecognizable accent. You're very generous. Not at all, said Miss Johnson, beaming at them. It's wonderful to see such involved and concerned parents. I'm sure your son will be very happy at our school. Their son, thought Cass. What's son? Dr. L turned, so Cass ducked out of sight. When she looked again, they were gone. Mr. and Miss Johnson was walking towards her. Cass waited for the principal and started walking alongside her. Miss Johnson was a fast walker. It was hard to keep up. Those people, did they ask about me? Cassandra, when you want to speak to me, you should say, excuse me, Miss Johnson, and then wait until I have your attention. Excuse me, Miss Johnson, do I have your attention? Yes, you do, and no, the they did not ask about you. Why would they? Their parents are a prospective student, and they were asking about our art program. Then they were lying, said Cass fiercely. They're horrible. I don't even think that they're real parents. Cassandra, what an awful thing to say about people that you don't even know. Did you notice they were wearing gloves, even though it's hot out? Some people consider it polite to wear gloves in company. Personally, I think it's very refined habit. I just may start wearing them myself, said Miss Johnson as she looked at Cass from underneath her large turquoise hat. Is this all because I wouldn't let you order the evacuation you wanted? You know, if I shut down the school every time you thought that something was wrong nearby, nobody would ever have an education. Yeah, I'm sorry, Miss Johnson. Bye. Cass left Miss Johnson, shaking her head and hurried down the hall, but it was too late. They were gone. Cass spent a good ten minutes, at least five of those minutes, passing the beginning of the first period, searching the school inside and out, till no one avail. Not only could you f- could, couldn't she find Dr. L and Miss Mavius, she couldn't even find Max Ernest. Just as she was trying to figure out what excuse she could have for her teachers of being late, she 
She happened to look through the school's back gate across the street. Dr. L and Miss Mavius were slipping into the waiting limousine. The limousine was painted blue and so dark it was almost black. The decorations with teeny tiny jewel-like stars emblazoned on uh, emblazoned in gold across the door were the image of rising of a rising sun and the words midnight sun the whole vehicle shimmered so brilliantly it looked like it was enchanted as the limousine drove out of sight a boy's face was briefly visible staring out of the back window Cass stared back imagining for a second that she had caught the boy's eye what did he look so familiar was miss johnson right was that their son was it possible that they really are parents Cass dismissed the idea as soon as it popped into her head. She remembered that the awful things that they had screamed at her and Max Ernest and no parent would ever say that to any kid, no real parent. By a lucky coincidence, Cass and Max Ernest both had study hall that morning after first period, and as soon as she saw him, Cass pulled Max Ernest over to the desk that occupied the most private corner of the school library. Speaking so fast that all of her words were blurred, as she filled him in on how the symphony of smells was stolen from the firehouse Saturday, and I know it had to be Miss Mavius and Mr. L because Sebastian went totally crazy, and then they showed up at her schools in this morning, and can you believe it? Miss Johnson's taking her tour, and then she said that their appearance, and then I saw them leave with the little boy in the back of the limousine, and they had, they had the name Midnight Sun on it. That was all one word put together. Yowza. People wouldn't have been able to understand... People wouldn't have been able to understand her. Max Ernest was such a fast talker himself that he had no trouble. They have a kid? I don't believe it, he said. Exactly, that's what I'm saying, said Cass, slowing down only because she had exhausted herself. I think the parent thing's just a lie, you know? A cover story so that they could look for us. But then, who was the kid in the limousine? Hey, I almost forgot. I figured out what was underneath, what underneath meant. It means underneath the pages. All the writing in its notebook is just hidden. Whoa, did you read it? No, I waited for you. Cass didn't say, I waited for you because we're collaborators. And Max didn't say, thanks, that means a lot to me. But they could tell that that's what each other were thinking. You know, Cass said for a moment, you don't always talk so much. Every once in a while, you're quiet. Like now. You're right, said Max Ernest, amazed. And I wasn't even trying. How about that? So what? Did the new doctor say your condition was anyways? Uh, he said he wouldn't know for sure as long as my parents were living together because my family situation was too stressful. Really? So are your parents going to stop living together? No. They just got into a big fight about it, but at least they're talking to each other. Cass and Max Ernest had to be quiet for a minute because they got a warning from the library. But when the librarian left, study hall was open, was always operating on the honor system. They wasted no time opening the notebook. They could see that as far as from the pages being black, the entire notebook was full of the magician's handwriting, and it was just that notebook was inside out, rather outside in. Nudging by the slant of their of the letters, he had written very fast. Whatever he was writing, he must have been. It must have been very important. While Max Ernest leaned in close, Cass read to him in a whisper, her face growing increasingly grave, increasingly grave with every sentence. Dear reader, if you are reading these words, I know about I know about you two things. 
you are brave enough to hold this notebook in your hand, a notebook for which all other world villains are searching, and you are clever enough to decipher a riddle, and the riddle on the other side of these pages, both qualities you will need in the days ahead. My life is in danger for the reason I write. No, I do not fear death. I am an old man and I have survived worse things, but I do not want to die without first making right an ancient wrong. Do you know the expression, the ignorance is bliss? Think on it. Well, some secrets are not meant to be known, but once you know, you can never forget them. If certain people discover that you have learned things, I am about to tell you, let me just say this, that it is the safest for you to stop reading now and to leave this notebook far away from the place you call home. If instead you keep reading, I beg you, repeat my story to no one. Here, Cass put the notebook down and looked at Max Ernest. He was still blinking unusually, or he was still being unusually quiet. Well, Cass prompted him. Well, what? Max Ernest said. Well, should I keep reading? He has a weird way of writing, Max Ernest said, as if the answer, as if in an answer to her question, I think maybe he's foreign. If that means no, you don't want me to keep reading? No, that doesn't mean no. So then it means yes? Yeah, I guess. Okay, well, I think we should keep reading too, said Cass. I just thought you should know. And if you thought it was too dangerous. I'm not scared, said Max Ernest. I just think he sounds foreign. I'm not scared either, so keep reading them. Okay, I will. Cass picked up the notebook again and coughed. It was just the way Larry did before he started a story. For some reason, her throat felt dry and then she began to read. Although I am reluctant for obvious reasons... I think I may also continue reading the magician's story, you see, but the magician's story goes straight to the heart of of mine. It's not too much to say that my story wouldn't exist without this, and you and I, then, would will read over the shoulders of Max Ernest and Cast, but before we do, I suggest you take a break. If you need to go to the bathroom, this is a good time. If you're sleepy, go to bed and save this chapter for tomorrow. The magician's story, you must have all of your wits about you. No wondering minds. And Peyton is asleep, so that's not a good time to read the magician's letter, right, Peyton? Nope, nothing. No response. All right, see you guys tomorrow.